and welcome to another episode of the Games and Schools and Libraries podcast. I'm Donald Dennis. I'm Chris Bell. So before we get into our episode today, Chris, we have an announcement. We do. Shushcon. Shushcon, shushcon, shushcon. It's back, hopefully, finally, yay. Perhaps in a form, maybe. Last year was a big year of shush can't. This is year of shush can. Oh, that was bad. I am disappointed with you, and I'm going to continue. All right. So, um, what do we got planned? This March, we are planning a online version of ShushCon. We will be playing digital tabletop games, digital role-playing games, the works. It is our online version of the convention. Right. And so it will be in the same spot that ShushCon was previous years or attempted to be in previous last year. Uh, it'll be at the end of March, um, last weekend of March. But we live in eternal hope that perhaps the chaos that is 2020 will have faded by the last quarter of 2021. Yes. And I say hope because we don't actually know. But <laughs> the off chance that it does and it's safe enough and people are excited enough, we're going to run a ShushCon in October, mid-October. We are tentatively planning at October ShushCon um, much closer to that. We will have a very firm yes or no. As of right now, we are planning on making it happen. Right. So if you want to come and do games in the library, uh, see how we do stuff, check out our a room and whatnot that you hear us talking about all the time. Uh, come on out. Uh, and you know, heck if you're just in Polly's Island area, Polly's Island, South Carolina, swing by and we'll show you what's going on. You don't have to wait for a convention. Who are we kidding? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So March will be online only. October will be either online or physical, maybe both, but we are going to plan doing a physical event mid October here at Pauly's Island, South Carolina, for Shushcon, And that's in Yay. addition to our weekly streams. Yes. So. Our, our hope. <laughs> our hope. All right. So this is, this is our attempt to be optimistic in 2021, which is something I'm not necessarily good at. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to do the thing. So hopefully it works. Hopefully we'll see you there. Shushcon! And today we're going to be talking all about consoles and your library. Which, uh, if you want the written form of some of this information, because I'm sure it will vary a bit, you can head over to the Games and Schools and Libraries blog over at inversegenius.com and uh, check out some of the details. But we're going to talk our way through it. Uh, just to point out, there are two different articles that you can check out. One is about the physical and one is about the actual games themselves. Right, right, right. So the first one, uh, Next Generation Consoles in the Library Part 1, is where we talk about all the hardware stuff. So let's start there. Absolutely. All right. So um, those of you who have uh, been doing games anywhere have learned that recently everything is out of stock and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> that is true. That's true of almost all technology, computer pieces, consoles, all of it. Which is part of why we didn't rush to get out part two of the article is because we knew that some of it would be premature. Also, some of the information changed while writing it. A couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a revelation today when we posted it. That is true. So um, all of that being said, is, does it matter physically which one of the new consoles you get? And by new consoles, we mean PS5 and the new Xbox Series stuff. From a physical standpoint, Almost no. Right. Um, 
And that comes with so many caveats that it's mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Uh, so basically, the systems are technologically equivalent. They are. There is not one system is superior to the other graphically. Um, they probably each could do a specific type of process a little better than the other. Um, but those nuances are not going to make a huge difference. Right. Uh, now, that being said, once you get past the, hey, can you do the same things, you have questions about, well, if I want controllers and they're going to have a lot of weird usage like you get in libraries, I would love to be able to replace the batteries on my controllers because they wear down really fast on the PlayStation. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to want the Xbox because the Xbox controllers allow you to change out batteries and you can do rechargeable batteries. You can buy a little power packs, whatever it is. But if you notice that, hey, it doesn't matter we don't get enough use or the use is constant enough and we don't lose power, then the PlayStation controller is just as good. Absolutely. And is built-in rechargeability. Now, uh, I have no idea if it's true this gen's generation uh, because we haven't had people having them long enough. But um, yeah, both consoles, controllers that you got uh, with the first previous generation had a tendency to break. Uh, yes, they were both actually pretty brittle. They had all kinds of controversies with that. And I have seen both PlayStation and Xbox controllers have had some issue uh, this time. But, you know, once again, there's not enough people. You don't know, oh, is it just a weird thing? Growing pains, basically. Yeah, who knows? Um, the other thing is uh, that you've got storage and media because you've got all the games now are freaking huge. They are just gigantic Yes. Too big and bloated and horrible and getting more so. Your standard games are like 50, 60 gigs, and then some notable ones are 200 plus at this point. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, and so you can get storage with different amounts of storage or the units with different amount of storage at the, at the hop. Um, you can uh, also upgrade them. Yeah, before we continue on with this, let's rewind a little bit. Let's talk about the actual consoles because we said there are some caveats between the two. I think we need to talk about that before jumping into storage. Oh, okay. Then let's do that. For both Xbox and PlayStation, they tried something new this generation. Uh, they both tried the same new thing. <laughs> there are two versions of both consoles. Oh, yes. There is the... The new Xbox consoles are listed as the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S. The difference is one has a disc tray, the other does not. Uh, PlayStation made it much more simple... There's the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition. Basically the same thing. Um, one set of consoles are only digital games. You cannot put discs in them. One set you can do digital or you can put discs in. The main difference is that the digital versions are cheaper. Um, on PlayStation, I believe the storage is lesser on the digital. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly how it matters, but... All I know is that the form factor of the storage is easier to upgrade on the Xbox, but is going to probably be cheaper on the PlayStation because they use a more generic style of memory or of storage rather. Right. And so that's what I was going to talk about is regardless of which console you get, the way games work now, discs are too slow. They just don't read information fast enough. Yep. Everything must be downloaded to a hard drive. Regardless of if you have a disc version or a digital version. So storage pace is king now. It um, is. Now, of course, if you've got limitless bandwidth, 
not not even just talking about the speed, but just you can download as much as you want. Mm-hmm. It's not such a big deal because you can say, oh, tomorrow I want to play one of these five games and you can have them all, all five of those up on your machine. Yep. But you can't have any of your 300 back catalog of games that you've got sitting around waiting to be played. Right. When we're talking libraries or schools where you might have 300 games and you're going to want them all available on all of your machines so that someone can walk in off the streets and say, I want to play this sports game or I want to play Slime Rancher or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then having a bunch more stuff on storage is, all, is a lot more significant. And if your internet is as spotty as ours has been traditionally, yeah. <laughs> hopefully that's being fixed today, then... Um, uh, then maybe the download speeds will work to your advantage. I don't know if, or if it's fixed, it'll right. work to your advantage. But as we were, before we jumped onto the different types of consoles, what we were saying is, yeah, Xbox has opted for a different storage solution this time. Think actually PlayStation era memory cards, <laughs> funny enough. Um, that's their new storage solution. It's their own special kind of memory that you've got to buy. That's currently only sold by, a Microsoft subsidiary, though there are plans to make that branch out, but they haven't started that. So, you know, you're paying extra for their stuff. Um, PlayStation's got internal memory, but you can buy any M.2 style SSD card and install it into the system for expanded storage. Basically, the problem is with the new generation, you've got to expand the storage. Right. There's not enough. And I would say that PlayStation has always been the probably because of Microsoft's heritage with, you know, computing and all that yeah, has always been the, we're going to make it easy for you to add more. Uh, that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be cheaper. Right. But I also suspect that in the long run, they will come out with using that same Jack full size hard drives that are like 15 terabytes worth of solid state. Oh yeah. I'm sure. You know, they both probably have big plans for that kind of thing as the consoles grow. And so that's something to think about uh, just as far as the form factor. I think those are the biggest things. The other is space. And they both want to be stood upright this time. They do. Neither of them really works on its side anymore. They're both very tall. Now, it looks like the the Xbox digital one, it doesn't matter which way you place it. And I'm sure that's probably true with the PlayStation digital. It doesn't care. Right. I'm sure you can set them on their sides. Aesthetically, they're designed to be stood up. Um. But just keep in mind, they're both big. They're huge. Both of them are massive honking machines. They are, they are fairly sizable, though the Xbox is not as big as it looks when you see it standing by itself. True, but it's very blocky. It is. It's a little mini fridge. <laughs> but anyway, so that's, that's the physical nature of, of all of that. Very short conversation, because basically they're the same thing. Um, it's not like in the past where, oh, PlayStation was graphically better, but Xbox had better. No, they've... They're running the same race, same speed. Everything's the same at this point. Right, right, right. The only difference is their controllers where the thumbsticks are, really. They're, other than that, they're practically the same, too. So one quick uh, statement about the whole next generation. Don't rush out and get these. If They are low on availability right now. They are. Um, traditionally, uh, even if the manufacturers didn't tout this, after they got the production rug, you know, bugs out, very quickly they iterated to a slightly more stable, better version of exactly the same thing. Think all the way back to the Xbox 360 days. The Red Ring of Death didn't show its face for three to six months, and then everything died. 
Now we have a new library here in our library system and they are trying to get new systems in it as quickly as possible. And mm -hmm. I told our library director, until we are open for people to come play games, don't even look at systems. Yeah. But I think we have budget requirements that by a certain point, we're going to have to have spent the money. So by yeah. June, we will have definitely spent the money on these, even if, even if there aren't people in gaming at that point. Right. Um, so physically, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter so much. Uh, before we get to the digital stuff, let's talk about titles and exclusiveness. Yeah. So Microsoft and Sony both, as well as being console creators, have their own gaming studios where they produce their own games. Not only does Microsoft have its own studio, they purchased like 15 studios in the past three years. They have they have actually sold off some too at the same time. But yeah, I mean, they own a lot of gaming studios. And so part of that was because Sony does exclusives very well. Yes. Like what, God of War is an exclusive? God of War, uh, they had a new one. It's a Dark Souls um, style, Bloodborne, that's yep. one. Yep. Um, they have a couple of IPs Twisted that they're pushing out. When it was a thing. They have some new Japanese style games, which are exclusive to Sony. Yep. All of the, uh, uh, what's his name? Metal Gear Solid creator. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know his name, but uh, a very famous game designer makes some very unique games. Are PC and Sony exclusive? They're not. They generally don't go to Xbox, so they take a very long time to get there. Yeah. So, um, that's the thing. So if you if you care about Spider Man, yeah, and you want the spideriest of all Spider Men. You need to do Sony. You need to do PlayStation. Right. So do a little research. Figure out if your favorite games are specific to a console because each of them have their own IPs that they try to tote as the reason you need to buy their console. And if you want, or in the Blind Forest or some other things, then you'll have to go Xbox. Halo. Well, for example. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... That's it. Um, and there is frequently, oh, you're playing this game on this station. We don't have that station type. There's usually an equivalent on the other station. Rarely is there something that is so unique that you can't find something that sort of matches it. That is true. Um, all right. So I think the big scary thing in the room is digital services. Yeah. And before we get into a description on the specific digital services, in general, uh, digital, digital services... Oh, Digital services are services that are tied to a specific console account, right? Mm -hmm. So if that console dies, you can replace it with another one, and then you can redo all of that stuff on the new station. Yeah, the account owns it, not the console. Unless it's Nintendo, but we're not talking Nintendo. All right. Um, <laughs> Nintendo, okay. <laughs> all right. Then, um, all of that being said... Uh, usually there are either you're making a one-time purchase through just buying the game through their store or you are subscribing to something. All right. Think of this like a magazine subscription in your library or some sort of digital catalog for your, uh, uh, what do we use? Libby or just think Netflix. overdrive. Yeah. Or for home, like Netflix kind of stuff, which means that some things will be going in and out of the services, sometimes availability, but if it's one that you have purchased a thing, so say I have purchased this game for this console, that's pretty much mine for at least as long as I have that console. Yes. Uh, now, some of the subscriptions are, with this subscription, I am paying for internet gaming access and getting games free, hear the quotes there, 
<laughs> free with that subscription. So tell us about those, Chris. So both Sony and Microsoft do this. Uh, Microsoft calls it Xbox Gold. Xbox Gold, yep. Uh, Sony calls it PlayStation Plus. It is the required service to play online games with other people. Yep. Every month with that, they deliver a game or two or three. Sometimes they do more, sometimes they do less. Yep. Um, that you can purchase for zero dollars onto your account they always reduce the price to zero if you have the subscription um for the duration of that month well chris why is that important that it's a purchase for zero dollars if you don't buy the game for nothing next month it goes away which can be good or bad it means you do every month you need to check the new games and add them to your account but if let's say your children's area does not want to own a copy of grand theft auto and it happens to be the free game of the month you can just not buy it. Right, exactly. Uh, and that's kind of important because we had uh, the PlayStation subscription and they did one of the Saints Rows for yes. free, uh, for, yeah, for included. And it got downloaded to one of our machines. And I turned around one day and I saw somebody beating uh, other characters to death with a giant dildo. Yeah, it's that kind of game. It's that kind of game. So, yeah, there's the thing. That happened. Uh, and so we deleted that game, but it's now part of that account. None of the other machines have it, but somebody bought it for that one. Uh, and, yeah. So, and, and I haven't found a way to get rid of it. That it's there. We just delete it. So we have to check every once in a while and make sure that somebody didn't download it. Yep. Um, let's see. The other thing is that that allows for online play, which also allows for online communication. So you've got to be careful if people have headsets on or whatever it is, that who they're talking to, what they're doing. Um, so we don't allow a lot of online play during our all play days. So when we have kids in here playing Minecraft and younger children in playing games, that's not something that we've allowed is for folks to go online and do stuff. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's such an unwritten rule. We don't even really talk about it anymore because we have so many kids here and the machines are so full that it's more an issue that someone's going to pull up Fortnite or some other more killy kind of game when that's not what we're doing. Yeah. Um, we do allow during the weekday when we have teens and tweens for them to play online games. Um, it's just part of the understanding that we allow T-rated and M-rated games here at our library. Mm -hmm. And uh, online interactions are part of that. If it becomes a problem, we deal with it. So far, it has not. I mean, we go through every once in a while, I check the messages and say, oh, this person's sending us hate mail, report them, delete it. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it's, it's the internet. It's pretty narrow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, most people don't have time to be custom, custom antagonist. <laughs> it's true. All right. So that's, that's that, that is the PS plus and Xbox gold. Now Xbox gold is sort of also being folded into another program that we're going to be talking about here in a bit. Um, and it may be going away and just be part of, of Game Pass. So yes. they have Game Pass, which is one thing, and then Ultimate Game Pass, which Xbox Gold Live is being folded into. So what is just Game Pass, Chris? Right. So Game Pass, on its own, it's separate from Xbox Live currently. Um, it is basically a Netflix subscription of, I think, I want to say hundreds of titles. I don't know if they've reached 1,000, but... Lots and lots. Th I mean, it's, it is at that scale. Um, 
And these are games that, like a Netflix subscription, they're just there. You can download them and play them as long as you're paying for the subscription. Mm. Games do come into this and drop out of it from time. Xbox has actually been notoriously awesome with it, and their exclusive games tend to find themselves in the Game Pass quite often. They're AAA big bestsellers. Some of them on release. Yes. It's Um, like, oh, this game... Am I going to spend 60? Oh, I already spent my 70 bucks or whatever it is for a full year. Hundred, but I don't know how much it is right now. Yeah. But it, I think it's like $50 a year or something. They give you like a special deal, but that may be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, just check their website. Exact Xbox. numbers are on our blog. That's for sure. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, they will drop AAA titles into their subscription service on release um which is really awesome it makes it very valuable um however once you are subscribed remember before we were talking about having some dangerous games you are subscribed to all the games yes so you may have not actually looked into the permissions to whether you can account bind your account to specific permissions but they don't i mean there are some scary and some violent games that are on there but because it's an exceptionally curated environment um, they don't have murder, death, kill the going postal simulator or whatever. I'm right. making up games here, but it's not graphic for the intents of being just, just to be provocative and graphic though. There are some games that are particularly graphic though. I mean, as with most kids, their attention span is like, you know, 30 seconds at best. Yeah. Um, usually if it's not installed on the system, they don't have the patience to deal with it. Yes. Like I'm going <laughs> to click this to download and, Ooh, squirrel. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to go play this. That's paused. And then we'll just check at the end of the day, see if they were trying to download stuff. It, most of the time, you don't have to worry about it. So this is exceptionally Netflix-like. Which it is, is. A lot of titles are going to come in and going to go out Every over month. time. It's not always going to be the same. I've actually found that great for the library because it gets kids to try other games. Oh, yeah. That are not, that are not always available. Um, and it... It always brings in new games. Like, hey, what's new? Well, we'll check today and see what came out this week. Because, like, once a week, they tend to drop something new in if they can. Yeah, it did. I mean, it just depends on how fast games come out. But yeah. um, it is a it's a pretty awesome system, honestly. So with the uh, Game Pass Ultimate, it also carries over onto PC. So you can use your Game Pass Ultimate uh, <laughs> subscription for some games that play on PC. Uh Another thing they are working with is a streaming game service, which means you're playing on Xbox servers, but um, you are using your account. And so they're doing the whole thing where, look, I'm playing on my phone, or look, I'm playing on my PC that isn't powerful enough to play this game, uh, which sounds wonderful. And it's just like Stadia and uh, PlayStation Now, which we're going to get to in a second. But but Mm. it has some issues. Chris, what are those issues? Basically, you need... Perfectly constant internet connection, mm-hmm. above a certain level at least. Yep. A And that level is a speed, at basically a minimum speed for the quality. If you drop below that speed, it'll just try to run the game at a lower resolution. Uh, it will go down to the point of being, you just can't tell what's on the screen. It's, it's a blob. stop motion. Yeah. <laughs> um, and any interruptions, like any hiccup in the internet, and the service stops. Potentially that. And also... Um, you, you need a, not just the speed, but you've got to be close enough. Yeah. It's like, we are out here in, you know, practically in the ocean, low population density, not right next to an internet hub. 
it would be useless to us. So on the internet, it's known as ping. It is the amount of time it takes a signal that you send to a server uh, to reach that server, and then the amount of time it takes the response to come back to you. Uh, in game sense, how long does it take from when I push the A button to my character jumping into the sky? Right. Um, for video games, that number needs to be notoriously low for some types of games. Right. Under wow. a tenth of a second that a tenth of a second for some games can be considered a really long sloping. If you're playing something turn-based like, uh, well, like XCOM, it XCOM, does not matter at all. Civilization, those kind of games, yeah. yeah. The the delay can be much higher. If you're playing, say, a shooter or a driving game, yeah, 100 milliseconds can be too long. Well, you know, I'm going to claim that that's why I'm bad at driving games. It's just too much lag. I'm not going to say where the lag is, but it's probably between hands and head. Um, but yeah, so there's that. So you need a very good internet connection to make that service work well. And so my recommendation is if you've got Xbox game systems or you have PCs that allow for gaming, that the uh, Xbox Ultimate Game Pass is something you should look into. Obviously, I'm not going to say you need to get it. Uh, because you know what works best for your system. But it is pretty super amazing. As long as you know you're going to be able to renew that subscription every year. If you don't think you're going to, hey, we've got this one-time grant for this one thing, then maybe you want to buy a whole bunch of games on sale mm -hmm. on Black Friday or whenever that kind of thing happens because then you've got those permanent discs. Yeah. But um, permanent discs aren't all they're cracked up to be, but we'll get to that in a second. Right. Um, so the flip side service, PlayStation Now, as it's called, works. Oh, they try so hard. Basically the same way. It tries to do a Netflix style subscription service, uh, or they are trying to make one. And it also has a streaming service. The streaming service suffers from basically the same exact issues. If you don't have the best internet around, it's not going to work well. Um, but historically, PlayStation Now's subscription service for like the Netflix style games mm -hmm. has been lackluster to irrelevant really somewhere in between there. Um, they don't, they almost never drop new games into their service. The games they do have tend to be old or indie games. The number of games they have is significantly less than Xbox. Yep. They have promised to make it better. <laughs> so pre-holiday, I was at the store at the GameStop, and I was like, oh, I need to get stuff, you know, for Daniel. So I grab it for the kid. And I'm at the talking to the guys I'm checking. I was like, how good's your internet? And I'm like, you know, spotty. He's like, are you sure you want PlayStation now? I'm like, I thought I grabbed a PlayStation Plus card. He's like, no, no. This, this, you don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when the stores are telling you that this is not working for you. PlayStation is famous for the awful service of the PlayStation now in the last generation. Also, it is $5 more expensive than Xboxes on a month by month basis. Just an odd little fact. Um, mm. Again, they've promised to make it better. They've promised with this generation, they're going to focus heavily on it. Uh, there, as with, you know, the growing pains, there's not been enough time for them to follow through with this promise. Yeah. So we will see. Yeah. And it's really a shame because both consoles have, uh, this new generation, have a really 
lackluster opening salvo of games. They do. Uh, part of that is probably world events. Um, a lot of games are getting delayed for a long time due to, obviously, COVID. Um, yeah, but there weren't even a whole lot announced. Previously, there was not like, get this slate of 30 games yeah. for PlayStation. On top of it, both um, PlayStation and Xbox are kind of racing each other in this weird pseudo race where they both wanted to be first, but they also wanted, or they both wanted to be last, but only just barely. Basically they wanted to be just a few days behind the other one. So they could offer a better deal. Basically. Like, oh, who's going to declare their prices first. Yes. So they, uh, they may, there may have been some rushing on both sides to, you know, meet or beat the other ones because if either one had released let's say an, a year earlier than the other console mm -hmm. they would have destroyed the other console in sales just yeah absolutely turns out they didn't have the enough consoles that it probably wouldn't have mattered <laughs> that is true <laughs> uh so whichever one of them gets their production line done first probably is going to win this console war well there's a big chance and it doesn't matter microsoft is never going to win japan that is true japan loves sony yeah so anyway, uh, th that's a lot to be said. Oh, also one of the things that Xbox has is, and I think it's part of Ultimate Game Pass, is EA Early Access. Yes, they have. So the specifically the game development studio, EA, who also now owns so many things, though notably not Star Wars anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's its own topic. Um, it's not as big as... Um, Microsoft's Game Pass right, game right, numbers, right, yeah. but they do have some titans in there and they drop all of the games they produce on there. So if, yeah, if you've got the uh, EA early access stuff, then you get like so many hours of their new titles that you can mm -hmm. basically, I'm going to try this out and see if I like it Yeah, uh, and, and play it. And then if you decide, oh, I'm going to buy it for full, then your save carries over. And so that's really nice. Yeah. Um, I don't play a lot of EA-branded EA games, mm -hmm. and, and it hasn't been an issue here in the room yet, so who knows what's going to happen. Um, the other thing is, is that there is a little bit of upscaling of previous generation games in general. This is not... We're moving on from the EA conversation. Yep. Because <laughs> um, I don't have much more to say. I just thought it had to be mentioned. Yep. Um, but that a lot of the systems are playing previous version games so, somewhat upscaled or somewhat, hey, this is the same game, but slightly better. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of cool, but it's like, couldn't you have just made me a new game, please? Yeah. So, well, it's them trying to sh um, shore up this delay in games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing a lot of patching right now. <laughs> um, so, speaking of patching, no, not at all. But let's talk about game discs. Why, why physical media, and and why doesn't it do what you think it does? Right. So we, I touched on this before. Yep. Uh, basically the problem with games nowadays, and actually the last generation had the same problem, um, and did the same thing. Um, discs are too slow. Uh, basically, let's say you're loading a game. That little laser that reads the disc needs to physically find that spot on the disc for the important information to load the level. And to do that, first it has to go to the index. Yes, so disc. it needs to physically spin the disk fast enough and it needs to physically scan all that information in. The way hard drives have historically worked is they basically work like a disk except they spin faster and there's multiples of them. So you can grab, you know, 
five or ten lines at the same time. But now we've moved to the age of solid state drives. What does that mean, Chris? The technical answer is far beyond my understanding. The actual answer means there's no physical moving parts. Um, all the information is stored electronically in a process that I don't know because I'm not that smart. Um, it means that they're moving at flash driver SSD speeds instead of it. Yes. Yeah. It can access all the information. It doesn't care about the location of the information, and it can do it at speeds that are quite literally hundreds of times faster than disks or hard drives. Actually, probably thousands of times faster than disks. Because of the ridiculous speeds, um, game manufacturers have stopped making games that work on disks, basically. Right. Uh, so, there's so just too much buying, info. When you're buying a disk, Chris, what are you getting? You're getting a download. You're, you're getting a key. You're getting, yeah, basically a key or part of the download of a game you plug it into your console your console will read all that information or the key depending on how much the developers have decided to put on a disc <laughs> um and then it will go it needs to connect to the internet say hey game studio i hear have proof that i own this game please give me the rest of it or all of it depending on how much is on that disc usually at least it has most of the graphic assets and things like that yeah you know and it downloads everything it needs. The game is unplayable till it finishes downloading everything to the hard drives. It needs to actually get the game. Mm -hmm. Making discs like a key to a lock more than anything. Yeah. And so uh, basically, this is the kind of thing that has led to, well, if you've been paying attention to video games at all, you probably heard about Cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. um, they were able to put out discs without the game being done. Oh, yeah. And then it bit him on the tuckus, right? That is true. So, that's a controversy, but... That's a yeah, different show. That is <laughs> a common practice nowadays. It used to be that you would put out an Atari cartridge, and if it didn't work, it just went into the scrap bin with all the other ETs. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but nowadays, uh, companies will typically release their games in buggy or unfinished states on discs with the idea that by the time the disc physically releases... They'll just have patched the game to be done on their side. And so when you download it, you get the working game. That's right. It's like, oh, we'll make sure the first five levels work. Mm -hmm. Get it out. Hopefully we'll have the first half of the game done by the time it releases. And then we'll work on the rest of the bugs as people notice them. Yes. So that's a f incredibly common practice in the gaming industry now. Kind uh, And this is a huge topic in itself, but I'll touch on it because it does annoy me. Jeez. It is a practice that is causing a lot of controversy and a lot of backlash in the gaming community. Mm -hmm. um, and has, even now that Cyberpunk really took it to the next level, it may cause a titanic shift in how games are developed. We shall see, hopefully in the positive way. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that needs to be dealt with. And I think the other thing is, is that there are so many smaller people, organizations making games than there were 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. that there's a lot more independent development and design that, that they don't have that kind of issue usually. Yes. And they, in fact, they'll often release, hey, this is an unfinished game. Buy it so I can afford to make the rest of the game. So, Donald, thanks for the perfect segue. <laughs> um, independent game developers, indie games. Some of them are rivaling AAA games in terms of sales, in terms of production value, 
in terms of content and just every way possible, they're indie because they're either a small studio or they're just not backed by a mega producer. Um, and, and, and a lot of these games never get discs. That's what I was going to say. These games are almost always exclusively digital. That is an entire section of gaming that is unavailable to discs. But remember, if you get one of the disc stations, it doesn't matter because you can still get digital stuff. You that's, can. That's not, you're not limiting yourself by getting the disc. But It is more expensive, though. If you're going online and looking to buy the the disc for game X and it is not there, then don't be surprised that Baba is you won't show up unless you buy it online. Yeah. So, um, all that having been said, why, why are discs a good thing and why would you recommend them for an institution like a library or so, or whatever? I'll feed it with a little background information for those who don't know. Our room runs six gaming consoles currently. Uh, three PlayStation, three well, Xbox. did a year ago. It, when we had people in this room and COVID wasn't a thing, six consoles. Um, when kids wanted to play a game, they would come up to us and ask for the disc so we could keep track of that. Uh, we could also make sure that they didn't get their hands on, say, if a kid was too young, they weren't trying to play an M-rated game, such as Call of Duty or something, because right. we do allow that if the parents give permission prior. Right. Um, and we have a whole system for that, but that's a different topic. That makes it easier for us to curate what games are being played. That way we don't have five kids trying to play five single-player games and then eight kids trying to crowd a single console to play a four-player game. Mm-hmm. We can make sure... you know, it's It allows us to have a lot of control over what's being played, when it's being played, and who's playing it. Right. Digital games don't have that restriction. Everything is launched from the console. The kids don't need to come to you. They don't need permission. They simply need to go to the library, click the button, and the game launches. Well, and the other thing is that uh, we have three Xboxes, and we only purchased Madden for one of them. Mm -hmm. If it's a disc, we can jump between the different machines. But if otherwise we have, like if we bought the Madden edition of the Xbox Mm -hmm. that came with it as part of the electronics bundle then that's our Madden machine. And if somebody is playing another game on that and their time's not up, but somebody else wants to play Madden, then they can't play it. Right. If it's digital, you either need to buy, for us, it would be three or six copies of a game, depending if it's console exclusive. Um, Or you simply designate as that system as that game system. And if it's busy, they have to wait. Yep. Uh, so there are limitations. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're not worried about the uh, having to buy that number, then digital can be useful because then you don't have to keep running the kids around. But if you want that control and you don't want to buy that many copies of a game, that is a huge benefit of physical. It can move around. Yep. So I will say that one of the uh, one of the cool things about having the discs and the discs as keys thing is that somebody had a disc that was too destroyed to run the game off of it in the previous generation or even to do the full download, right? Yeah. But uh, he brought in his disc that was good. We installed it on the machine and the damaged disc was still good enough to let him play it on our machine. Yes. As long as, once the game was downloaded, as long as the system recognized that 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 it was that game, it got enough information out of it to pull a title and a key. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It didn't care that the rest of it was practically destroyed. But it would have mattered if we had wanted to install it on a new machine. That is true. So it, it's, it's... It's a little bit of a redundancy for games getting scratched and stuff. Yeah. So that's, that's nice. Uh, yeah. I would say that if you don't circulate video games at your library and you have a limited number of consoles, that, that having a digital selection is great. Especially uh, when uh, paired with the subscription services of yes. something like uh, the Xbox Game Pass and such. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, um, you know, your physical media is more at danger of, of being lost or whatever. Now, the other thing we, we never mentioned, we didn't mention this in the article, we probably ought to, is that if, uh, if one of your players does something enough to start to corrupt your account or destroy that, you'll lose access to all the digital stuff. Um, and I don't know that right now it's a it's a possibility on consoles that you can be such a bad behavior behavior person, but I know on Steam if on the PCs that it's possible that you could have a Steam account just yanked out from under you. That is true. Um, so yeah, I mean you and I mean I think that's true of all forms of media. You do have to watch your players and make sure they aren't you know sending hate mail or horrible things to every player they meet until right. they get banned or something like that. Simply being aware of the spaces is a big deal mm -hmm. as part of that. And, and I would say that, yeah, we have never had that issue. No. Um, and if you're in the room, you'll be able to tell if the kid's acting angry most of the time <laughs> that, that it's tough for them to hide it. Uh, you know. Something to keep in mind. Are there any other issues that we haven't hit uh, that we care about or that we need to go into now or... Trying to think of everything we've talked about and covered. Oh, one neat thing with these consoles, um, they are trying really hard to be backwards compatible, which is very neat. Um, Sony and wasn't, and then Xbox was, and now Sony's trying. Yes, again, it's with that whole racing thing. Um, but... Um, they are trying not only to be backwards compatible with the previous generation, but generations before that, too. They're trying really hard to make their games play across all the generations. There are technical limitations that are not allowing them to do all of it all at once. Um, well, there's also contracts. It's like, yeah, you can't do this game on this. We only bought, made it for the station. We never said we wanted to be playable on a future generation. But it's kind of a neat thing, so your games won't immediately become useless. Um, I think both consoles are completely backwards compatible with all games from the previous generation. So five, all four PlayStation 4 games work on PlayStation 5. All Xbox One games work on Xbox Series. I, I hesitate to say all. Um, I know that there are a lot that are, uh, but um, you never know. Just, just to hedge our bets, we'll say um, most. That is true. There may be special conflicting stuff, but if you do have a disc, I'm pretty sure you're pretty much a-okay. Um, and most digital games will. They're trying really hard to make it 100%. Yeah. There's probably always that one game studio that wants to be stubborn. <laughs> yeah. I was really annoyed with the uh, Xbox 360 to the Xbox One where we had Castle Crashers on the 360 and we moved the count up. And for the longest time, Castle Crashers 360 version worked on the Xbox One. And now it doesn't. Yeah, they took it off. So And they made the Xbox One version, which you would have to buy separate. Right. So sometimes studios do things like that. 
as of right now, there doesn't appear to be anything like that. But again, that was something that we happened. We haven't played with it. We don't know at this time. But the, the plan is they're trying for Xbox. From my research yeah. so far right now, there's no issues like that. But again, that was something, the Castle Crashers event was something that happened long after the game was released, long after the new generation came out. Yeah. So studios can always be, well, they're businesses. They can be scummy. Touch. Yeah. A little touchy sometimes. All right. Well, excellent. I think that that's been about 40 minutes of chatter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's all you really need to know. Though, if you have more questions about uh, consoles and libraries, and, and maybe we can talk about circulating. We talked about circulating games and stuff briefly, but that sounds like a whole other episode. Oh, yeah. Um, that we can get into. Uh, so, I guess we should have a little conclusion thing. Um, if you can only grab one of the consoles. Yeah. Xbox wins. Purely based on their subscription services. Their subscription services is so far superior to PlayStation's. It is such a great deal. However, if you do not care about the digital or the subscription services, pick the one that has your favorite games. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a huge deal. Uh, the other issue is we don't know what your security things are, and if they're using external memory cards on the Xbox, uh, you know, and they're more easy to disappear than the internal memory on the PlayStation. Your your personal environment for your game systems at your at your mm. institution matter a lot. That is true. Um, and you know, there's there's digital game sharing that we can do that you can do with some of the stations. There's a lot of more finely detailed stuff that we covered a little bit. Mm-hmm. more in the article that you should check out. Uh, but I would yeah. say, by and large, Chris has nailed it, that Xbox seems to be, at least at this moment, and of course that'll change as their programs and platforms further develop, uh, I would go Xbox as well. I would it not is, even bother with PlayStation unless you really needed Spider-Man or God yeah, of War. It's a better digital platform physically, no difference. Yeah. Or Gran Turismo, if that ever happened again. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, I'm Donald Dennis. I'm Chris Bell. And you've been listening to the Games in Schools and Libraries podcast. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Games in Schools and Libraries podcast. You can find out more about us and the people who create this show over at InverseGenius.com and all of our other wonderful, wonderful shows, including on board games, on RPGs, the Inverse Genius podcast, and the Room Escape Divas we are also now joined by the Party Gamecast and Nephilop, who you might remember as Stephanie, previous co-host here on the Games and Schools and Libraries podcast, and our friend Lynn Theory. Thank you for listening. Games and Schools and Libraries is produced in association with the Georgetown County Library System.